0: Hey, it's Ashley. If you haven't yet listened to the trailer, you really need to go back and take a listen so you don't miss the important parts here. This isn't a knock on your intelligence. It's just that we humans really like to cherry pick. And what we often leave out is taking responsibility and taking action. I feel really conflicted giving people more content to consume. We need to listen less to people with a platform and listen more to the people with whom we share our lives. But if you're willing to use this podcast as inspiration to open up a new conversation with the woman or man with whom you share a home and a family and a bed, let's get busy. Hello, hello, here we are, episode two. We are going to start with a question from my DMs. I got a question this past weekend from a man who was in the hospital. What he said was that he was in the hospital for something uh, non-specific, but it was partially related to not getting enough sex. Okay, so immediately I'm thinking, all right, something around about his anxiety, he's having you know some struggles with mental health, maybe it's manifesting in physical symptoms. Because there is no medical condition that is the result of not enough partnered ejaculation. That's not a thing. So immediately I realized, okay, wait a minute. His mental health and his emotional connection with his wife is a struggle here. Now, I jumped to that really quickly, but I just want to back up for a second. And I want to be super clear. Sex is something we do with our bodies, yes. But it is not a physical need. It is not a physical need need. Regardless of what you've been told or what you tell yourself, the reason we want to have intimacy with our partners is because it makes us feel good emotionally. Now, if you need the endorphin rush of ejaculation, I'm pretty sure you can take care of that on your own. And and even if you are someone who climaxes without ejaculation, hey, like me, yeah, I've been able to take care of that on my own for a really long time we do not need our partners in order for us to feel sexual satisfaction in our bodies the reason we reach out to our partners for intimacy is because we want an emotional connection we want to know that we are needed we want to know that we're wanted we want to know that we are loved that we are enjoyed looking around at the physical needs you help your family meet and then putting sex at the top of the list for things you would like in return is not unfamiliar Putting your emotional needs in front of the needs of others is something that kids do all the time. It's something moms are used to. So if you're wondering why your wife doesn't find you as sexy as she used to, we may be getting warmer. Listen on to hear how your constant thoughts during the day, your assessment of your things that put you in the sexy column are maybe putting you in the My husband thinks the hardest thing we do around here is dishes column for your wife and what you can do about it. This episode is brought to you by Splash Blanket. Can buying a dedicated intimacy bed covering actually make sex more spontaneous and adventurous? It sure can. Listen to the episode to find out how. And grab my favorite, 100% waterproof, super soft sex blanket at splashblanket.us. Use code KEEPINGITHOT for 11% off. That's splashblanket.us. Cooperation is actually remarkably easy. Cooperation is our natural state of being. I learned and implemented all those things at work on the ice with my athletes every day. Um, But I was living in an entirely different paradigm in my marriage, and I was getting different results in the two places. I was creating teams that had synergy and creative expression beyond anything that I had imagined at the rink. I was seeing how when people come together with their differences, we can really, really make magic if the differences are something that we're going to celebrate. And I coached synchronized skating. So taking a look at them and saying, okay, the way we are going to look exactly alike is by understanding how incredibly and fundamentally and joyously different we are. And in my marriage, what happened year after year after year is I just felt like we were more and more different as people. My husband and I met right out of college. We took the same job out of, well, I went to university because that's what we call it in Canada. Uh, I have a degree in exercise physiology from the University of Manitoba. And my husband has that same degree from Temple University. And he played football there for Temple, and I was a competitive figure skater at University of Manitoba. And then I had a job as the assistant strength coach for Team Canada Women's Volleyball. And we both took a job in New Jersey, summer of 2002. And I think what we loved about each other is that we were so different. We were both athletes. We were both coming from the same um, training in college. The similarities kind of stopped there. And I think being so different is what brought us together. Can you guys put a one in the chat if you remember this experience of meeting your partner and the ways they were radically different or so exciting to you? And then two, put down one word that, that sums up like the thing that was so different. When we come from different like family soups, right? And we get scooped out of our family soup and plunked down Beside our partner who got scooped out of a different family soup and plunked down, it's easy to believe that um, both of us came out of the same broth. You know, like we're we're used to the same flavors. Like, oh, we're both out now. And we're like, okay, I am shaking off a little bit of this that I have on me. And yeah, okay, I can see some differences between the two of us. But fundamentally, we make a lot of assumptions immediately about things that we probably agree on and then we get further into our relationship and some of these things pop up in interesting ways right can you put a one in the chat if you've had that experience that you just assumed whether it's something serious or not serious like you just assumed that everyone did it that way Whether it's the way you put the toilet paper or whether or not you share towels, put a one in the chat if there were things that you noticed with your spouse when you first started dating or were first married that were like, wait, wait, doesn't everybody do it this way? I think that there are so many variables in every transition and change in our lives. The more that we can reduce the number of variables in a situation... The smoother that transition is going to be. There are things that are silly and annoying, and then there are things that feel like, oh, wait, that's maybe something that we that we should stop and talk about. Whether it's like religion or politics or something fundamental or something about raising your children or going forward in your family, like, whoa, that's that's something that that would be a deal breaker for me because we have some of these fundamental things that are like a little wobbly. But I think where we spend a lot of our time is just going to use the word nitpicking because it's just like a really quick to the point, like it shows you kind of the vibration of what I'm talking about. We spend a lot of time putting focus and energy on little things that aren't going to make that much of a difference. There are big things. There are big things that we need to kind of recalibrate to or come to an agreement about with our spouse. But Most of the things that we focus on each day that cause us some separation from each other, okay? And to to just define what I consider separation from each other to be, that's when something happens that makes you less likely to reach out for the hug, less likely to reach out a hand to help, less likely to have goodwill. Okay, does, does everybody know, have a list of things? Put a couple things in the chat here that when your partner does them, you feel better and you feel more inclined to help them. And it like ramps you up. It like moves you up the emotional ladder towards a better feeling state. There are certain things that our partner do, does or our kids do that make things like, usually for me, it's when it, they make things easy for me that I feel better and better and more supported and more confident. I can just have more fun. And I'm a lot more fun to be around when um, I'm not, I'm not panicked and making sure we check every box, which I'm sure you all are too. If that's the state you go into when you get anxious. So when we have these little things that help us feel better about being with our partner. Usually we have a lot of other things too that when our partner does them we feel really annoyed. And then there are these things that when your partner does them or forgets to do them, how do we feel? If you're like me, instantly you feel disappointed, frustrated or disrespected. Right? What are what are some other feelings we get even from the littlest thing because we think if we've asked them before to do it, then If they ever don't do it, it's that like that they are saying what? It's like they are saying that they don't care about us. And what I want to invite you to consider today is that we all have different ways of seeing the world and different ways of doing things. And the fundamental reason that someone else doing something a different way than we expect rubs us the wrong way is... Because we feel unsafe. We are constantly, constantly looking out into the world and comparing other people to ourselves and other things to the things we have. What we are doing when we are looking at someone and then making a determination whether we're better, worse, better, worse is we are assuming a binary in every situation better or worse. Two options is usually what we encounter when we are looking out into the world and we're comparing ourselves to other people or our things to other people's things or our lives to other people's lives or our opinions to other people's opinions or our values to other people's values. All day, we are playing a game in our mind like a computer clicking back and forth to all day. Do we ever get more autopilot than that? I think that bringing awareness to that habit that we all do every day, some of us have different flavors to it. And some of us might be like, I'm worse, I'm worse, I'm worse, I'm worse, I'm worse. And some people might be like, yeah, I'm better. Yeah, I'm better. Yeah, I'm better. Yeah. All of us have the same repeating pattern inside of us that we play through every day if we want to find people we're better than every day we're going to find them because we know where to look because that is our default i have to feel superior 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 no if you're superior 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 that's got to be my ratio every day we are creating our situations and we are scripting in our minds meaning From what other people say and do around us to match that code of better worse better worse that we have that we're programmed to feel do you look for ways to feel better or do you look for ways to feel worse neither one has more virtue than the other honestly but it will tell you something about yourself it'll tell you what situations you are putting yourself into and how you are shaping the situations and results that you get and even the behaviors, how you're interpreting the behaviors of the people around you in order to keep yourself at that set point of not actually feeling very good. When we're going better, worse, better, worse, better, worse, even if we're like better, 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 better we might start feeling a little better, but what's that fear right what around the corner Are you not gonna be the superior one in that situation anymore? We have a fear of both. It's exhausting in our own minds. What is possibly more exhausting is that the people around us who are trying to love us, a lot of times their love doesn't get through because we are in a cadence. We are in a rhythm. We are in a habit. We're in a routine. We're habitually looking at the world in this way. And so we miss the really beautiful, loving things that they're doing for us. That hurts. If you're that person giving and it's not received, that hurts. If you are the person who who feels like they are never offered any love, that the fact that you can't see it and feel it and receive it, that hurts you too here's what I think happens when we're growing up, when we're growing up, when we're little, when we're like really little kids, right? One of my coaches, Kathy Heller, just um, used this example a few weeks ago um, at a retreat that she led. And she said, listen, all of us are really running on a program and running on autopilot and running on patterning and conditioning that we are super unaware of, Okay. And she said, think about it like you have a tape recorder from the time you're born to you're seven years old and you just hit record as soon as you're born. And then you just are recording everything that's happening around you until you're seven. And then you just plug that into your brain and that's how you think the world works. I don't know about you, but when I was little and things didn't go my way, that I didn't get something I asked for or... Um, authority figures had a really big reaction to something that I did that was, you know, startling to me. I always thought I didn't do it well enough or right enough to be loved. So I thought it's really hard to be loved or I'm just not lovable. Like it's hard to be loved in general, or I am hard to love specifically. If you had a more nurturing childhood and those aren't the struggles that you have, then I at least want you to look to, like, how many people do I know who have that? Because it's just really part of the human experience that we don't think we're good enough the way that we are. And when we don't think we're good enough the way that we are, we look for evidence of that everywhere. Because the way that we stay safe is to know when we're coming toward that line, right? When we we know like, oh, I'm not just naturally lovable and good the way I am. So I need to alter my appearance, behavior, speech, fill in the blank. I need to alter something so I stay good enough. Like, just keep your head above water. So we're always looking. We're always like reaching for the edge of the pool. Like, how close is it? How close is it? How close am I to being unlovable? They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but in the bedroom, there's always room to learn. Show your willingness to try new things with the After Dark Workshops. They're private, recorded, guided pleasure practices from trained tantric coaches and sex therapists. Go to keepingithot.com for our single workshops and bundles. Topics include oral and manual for him, oral and manual for her, intro to dirty talk, intro to squirting, Secrets of Female Pleasure, Control Your Ejaculation Masterclass for Men, and more. Workshops start at $25. It's the cheapest and sexiest date night you can get. Check out the After Dark Workshops at keepingithot.com. So there are a couple ways that we try to get this answered with our partner. One of the easy, easy ways is to poke at them poke and just go, wait, am I lovable? What about when I do this? What about when I poke there? We have the ability at in any moment, any, any, any moment, instead of swirling around in our own judgments, in our own better, worse, better, worse, am I loved? Am I not? Instead of just soaking it all in like a sponge and going, oh, I feel a little heavy. We have the choice Every moment of every day in every interaction to instead of being instead of being a sponge, we could be a mirror. We could say, hey, I'm here to notice good things in the world and I'm here to amplify them. For you to say to your partner, Wow, you moved all the hoodies into your closet. And I'm so grateful because like they, you know, they were really clogging up the front closet. Amazing. If there are not things that are happening right now with your partner that bring you joy, things are hard right now. What you could do is you could just ask them to do something nice for you. You could say, hey, I always say, are you willing? Are you willing to grab that for me? Are you willing to grab my slippers? It can just be easy, 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 things. And then with your full heart, when they bring it to you, just be grateful, just say thank you. But really more than anything, feel. Feel that thank you. Feel the gratitude. Because when we start looking around at our spouse and our kids, and each day we look for reasons to adore them, we will find more. When we are consciously just trying to be a mirror to their goodness, just notice it, reflect it back. What you can do is shine back to them some of the best Like their greatest hits, you know, their top 10 plays shine back to your family, the things that make them proud to be them. What a beautiful kaleidoscope of possibilities we have in our families when you and your partner are different. Each one of your kids are remarkably, beautifully, uniquely, annoyingly different. In order to feel more comfortable in our differences. Because our differences aren't just our weaknesses, our differences are our strengths. So if we are trying to be the same as anyone, if we're trying to get everyone to think the same way, we're gonna lose something. I have a question for you. When was the last time you had sex on the floor? Really? Can you remember? Was it with your current partner? Was it way back in college? It gives a sneaking around young adult kind of vibe that I think can be really hot. And Splash Blanket makes sex on the floor much more comfortable. In addition to being 100% waterproof, it's thick and cushiony. That means no carpet burn. We all learned our lesson with that one or had a friend who did. Remember those little marks on the spine? Grab an extra blanket and keep it in your home office so you'll be ready whenever the mood strikes. Go to splashblanket.us and use code Keeping It Hot for 11% off. That's splashblanket.us and use code Keeping It Hot. What we need to do is look at our differences, look at our differences and go, this is why it's so good we see things differently. It's so good with your spouse, for increasing connection, for getting what you want, for having conversations. If you can change your dynamic in the bedroom, your whole life will change with your partner. If you can raise the bar, if you can ratchet that up, if you can be like, no, 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 our communication is going to be excellent, right? With this goal of like, you know, some adventure or hot sex. No, no, no. This is why this is what we're going for is having more fun in the bedroom. All right, let's make our communication better. Our communication is better. And then automatically it goes over to other areas in your life. It goes over to other areas in your life and you're going to be communicating. You're going to be working as a team. What you are doing is you are creating an environment where you are safe being different, where it's safe to disagree, where it's safe to not have the same perspective as somebody. This is why. This is why we get so scared of not being right, is that we think if someone else's opinion proves to be hmm, more viable, has has greater confidence behind it, and we actually switch opinions, we are so often worried that 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 actually makes us inferior. Have you ever had that experience? That you're afraid, put a one in the chat. If you've ever been afraid to change your mind because of what it would mean about you. Not only have we been taught by our families what's right and wrong, we've been taught by our families that the way we think makes us better. So when you are in a marriage with someone who doesn't agree with you, that can create a power play really quickly. Because what you're asking yourself is, am I better than them? Are they that much worse than me? Are they better than me? It becomes this power play instead of the attraction and the chemistry because you felt like you were on an even playing field. That's why people are attracted to each other because energetically you feel like they're a match. The first moment that we saw that person or the first moment that we really saw them as like a potential mate, right? Because maybe you're friends for a long time, but then like, They drove you home after a party and this happened and that happened. And then you looked at them and you were like, "Oh, hey, I I see you. Boom. It's a match. And as we move along in life together, we quite quickly tune our radio station to the station that's telling us how we are different. And we're letting that static on that radio station go, oh, not safe, not safe. Maybe we're not a match. No, you are. You are a match, but you weren't a match that was meant to stay right here. You were a match that was meant to go like this and boom. Yeah, you're matching at the next level and then go like this and up and up and up and up. That's what you're meant to do. Evolve or die. Like we are really here to change and change and change and change. If you think that you don't change, then you're like actually taking backward steps on a regular basis in order to not expand. But we are all meant to grow and change and evolve. And part of that is changing our mind about things. Part of that is becoming more open-minded. Part of that is becoming stronger in certain boundaries. So what I want to invite you to do with your partner is every difference you see with them today, I just want you to stop yourself from judging by noticing if you're judging. When you walk into the kitchen after this, if you see dishes on the counter, let them just be dishes on the counter. Don't make it that you are better than your partner because you put dishes right in the dishwasher. If the laundry is a big mess, let the laundry be a big mess. And if you want it redone, ask your partner to redo the laundry. But do not make it because you are better than them or they are they are inferior people in any way because they didn't put the laundry away the way you wanted it to, to be. We can actually get what we want more easily with more love, more care, more cooperation when we drop the having to be right superiority part of it. If you really, really wanna get what you want in your marriage, don't hang hang your hat of, yeah, because then if if my husband helps with this and this, then that means I'm respected. Then that means I'm loved. Then, no, it doesn't mean anything. Let's let us Let's let it not make anything mean anything and go, I wanna connect with you. I wanna see the best in you. I want you to see the best in me. And in order to do that, in order to get more of what you want, We have to loosen. We have to loosen the grip on it just a little bit. A lot of us just want to be better than other people. That's what I want you to ask yourself. Do you want to be happy or do you just want to be better than your partner? Because that's what so many of us are actually stuck in that pattern of proving to ourselves that we're better than them. And that's not a way to love someone and that's not a way to love yourself because if all day you're looking for proof that you're better than your spouse that you that you try harder that you're more caring that you contribute more so even though you're thinking oh yeah I really want to build up my case in my own head about why I should be mad about not getting what I want what you're actually doing is also telling the story that you don't really know what you want how about we go to certainty how about we go to the confidence that yeah you two got married for a reason and I think the reason is probably to bring out the best in each other. And I think that that comes from us looking at situations in remarkably different ways and realizing that changing your mind doesn't make you less of a person. Makes you a more open-minded willing to grow and shift and evolve person. So holding on to our views so tightly in any part of our life but specifically here in marriage and in family can really set us up for struggle. It can set us up for challenge. Here's your keeping it hot tip of the day. Tell me who is more daring in the bedroom, you or your partner? Got the answer. Okay. Now let me ask you which one of you has had a finger inserted into their body. What about a toy inserted? Which one of you has ever worn something sexy just for intimacy? Now, tell me again, who is the most daring? Are you daring with your own body and sexuality? Or do you consider sexual adventure to be a quest to do even more things to your partner's body? Mutually beneficial intimacy starts with leveling the playing field. Don't ask your partner to be more risque if you haven't pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. This is the invitation for the next 23 hours. I want you to walk around your world in the way you normally do. And I want you just to notice when you are doing the better, worse, better, worse, better, worse, when you're comparing. We can compare and we do compare in thousands and thousands of ways every day. And what we're actually doing is we're saying to ourselves and reminding ourselves, reminding ourselves like through every cell in our body repeatedly, I don't know if I'm good. Our thoughts really are, especially our subconscious, subconscious thoughts drive all of our habits. We go through autopilot in thanking our spouse for doing something for us. We go autopilot through sex. We are here to actually be awake and alive in every moment that we're here. And I need to assure you that it's not gonna make you more tired. It's gonna make you less tired. You're gonna have more energy. You're gonna have more creativity. You're gonna have more patience. You're going to be more playful. You're gonna wanna have more fun because instead of constant, constant comparison, Fueled by fear, that comparison is always, always, always fueled by fear, because what we're really, really looking for is confirmation that we're actually awful. When we are letting ourselves observe our world and not having to figure out how we measure up, we open up so much more potential for connecting with ourselves and other people. I'm going to take this one step further. When you look at those things and compare those certain things, whether it's um, attractiveness, body shape, finances, time off, parenting, when you compare yourself to someone else, what do you think it means about you if you're better? And what do you think it means about you if you're worse? When you compare yourself to other people, when you rank as better, what do you think that means about you? What do you tell yourself? And when you rank yourself as worse, what do you tell yourself? Every one of us has enormous blind spots with our life experience and the way that we're looking at a situation, we cannot see the big picture. Then what we do is we have to drop our superiority that we would never do that because there's something that makes us better than them. And for a lot of us, it's that superiority is like the only thing that helps us feel safe for a period of time. And so we may not We may not be ready to put that down and actually feel compassion. The way I feel compassion is I imagine myself taking the steps, following in the footsteps of somebody doing something I said I would never do. And I see myself just very quickly going like, oh, and that's how I could get there. And then that's how I could convince myself of that. And there you see how it snowballs. You see it's just one. It's not. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be a horrible monster and leave a wake of uh, terror and destruction. that that's not it. We don't we don't get there from there. We get here from, oh, well, that that feels okay. That feels We justify things to ourselves. We make things okay for ourselves every day in a million ways. The human state is it's we're we're fragile, right? It's a dangerous world. It's a dangerous world. There are a lot of things that can hurt us physically and emotionally every day. And with that truth, what we do is we stay in this binary of comparison so often what we need to do is just turn off that channel okay so it's like comparison channel or uh, 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 you're like oh hi i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna see the good in you mirror I'm just gonna be a mirror not a sponge i'm not gonna be a sponge for everything that's coming in i am gonna be a mirror for the good that i see in the world when you change what you do other people reflect back to you in a different way. This is what I want to invite all of you to do today when you are noticing that comparison comparison just notice and what we want to do is just switch to the other channel of like actually I get to notice the good instead of bad good bad good how about I just turn to the good news channel. Oh, this person's really kind. That dinner was really great. Let's get off that comparison right wrong. Superior, inferior, and go to, let's notice the good in the people around us. This episode is coming to an end, and I don't want it to finish before you take action. Take a screenshot of this episode and text it to your spouse. Let them know you're thinking of them and how you can better your relationship. If you both need a little handholding, grab Keeping It Hot The Workbook for fun, low-pressure conversation starters to get to know each other on a whole new level. Or if you want to rip the band-aid off, if you want your dynamic with your partner to take a leap forward while you also dig deeper and fast, read Swing. The audiobook is on Audible, and I narrate it. You can also request the paperback or the ebook from your local library. Whatever action you decide to take, be proud. It takes courage to move the plot of your story forward, even just a little bit. And small steps every day really do add up. Keeping it Hot with Ashley Renard is a production of Manitoba Woman Media, produced by Elizabeth Krauss. Original music by Echo Drop. Production assistance by Lauren Petraglia.